are listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4. I am visually impaired. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, I have someone I've known for a few years on with us today, Brenda Malera. She is a senior producer and editor of Kepasa Magazine and Kepasa TV. And it's a, a joy to have you, Brenda. I know we just saw each other, and we're going to talk more about that in, in a little bit as well. Well, Carl, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very excited. Brenda, as I always start these interviews, I want our listeners to know who Brenda is, where you came from, you know, what school, any uh, information you want to give on just who you are. Okay, well, my name is Brenda Malara. I was born and raised here in New Orleans, but I'm actually like the first generation Hispanic born in the United States. My parents immigrated here to New Orleans in in the 60s, and they're originally from Guatemala. Um, I was brought up bicultural, bilingual, so I got the best of both worlds. I was raised to appreciate our heritage, our Guatemalan roots and values, but then also allowed to uh, take in the beautiful culture of New Orleans. Obviously, I was born here, so that's all I know. So I can switch back and forth from one culture to the other, and I claim both of them as my own. That's awesome. Um, how did Kepasa start? And tell folks about Kepasa um, and how it originated and what you do with it. Okay. Well, Kepasa is a brand. It, uh, Javier Olondo created Kepasa in, well, actually in 2010. So we actually cel- just, just celebrated a 14th anniversary. And he started it off as a television show, Kepasa New Orleans. It's a Spanish-speaking show that highlights uh, everything art, culture, and entertainment that has to do with New Orleans. So we, he created that with the concept, with the idea of being able to promote the city to the Latino uh, community here locally, but then also eventually all around the world. And also uh, throughout the years, what we noticed was that it was also an opportunity to teach people about uh, New Orleans and helping them assimilate to this city. So in 2010, that show was created, which is still airing. And then in 2011, we actually created Quebasa Fest, which is a festival that celebrates Hispanic cultural here in Louisiana, and it takes place in Metairie. And it uh, happens during uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, which starts October, uh, it starts September 15th and goes through October 15th. Not the festival, but the celebration in the United States. And then we created a, uh, a magazine newspaper. Uh, it's, let's see, we created that in 2017, and the newspaper complements the show. It's in a bilingual format, and it also it's all art, culture, and entertainment. And so if anybody's learning to read Spanish or learning the language, they can use it because they can also read their uh, articles in English and vice versa, whoever's uh, learning English can also use it as a tool. And then last year, we create, I created um, a podcast called Que Pasa Mujer, and, which means what's up, lady. And uh, it's geared for everybody to listen to, but I usually interview women and talk about all of their uh, successes and defeats and just progress that they're having, you know, uh, in their careers or in their private lives and just to get to know uh, more about women. And, and it does, it's, they're not necessarily all Latinas. They're from different parts of the world, 
And those podcasts are sometimes in Spanish, sometimes in English, or in a bilingual format, too. So it's a brand that has grown throughout the years, and it's all based here in New Orleans. Man, and we you, do other things too. We do other events too. So yeah, you sound kind of busy. I think it sounds like <laughs> you've got a lot going on. Where can yes. folks? Where can folks get the magazine? Where can they find that? Well, they can uh, they can find it in two ways. We are still printing newspapers or magazines because we find that here in New Orleans, people still enjoy picking up something like a hard copy of. Of, of a publication. So we still print those and you can find them at coffee shops around the city, the libraries. You can find them, uh, uh, most of them in the Latino supermarkets that we know that we have, uh, that have all of a sudden populated the area, right? Now you can find so many more uh, Latino supermarkets, uh, Latino restaurants too. You can pick that up there. It's a monthly. So right now, and actually we publish 10 a, a year because our January, February issue is one. And then our July, August issue is one. And then the rest are individual months. And, and then uh, you can also find it digitally at quepasa.tv. If you go there, you can actually find everything that we do on that website. So it's quepasa and it's spelled Q-U-E, P as in Paul, A, S as in Sam, A, dot TV. And that's where they can watch all the broadcasts that you have also as well, correct? Right. Well, actually, we're on YouTube. So it'll take you to the YouTube, our YouTube channel, and you can see all the different shows that we have uh, created throughout the years, starting in 2010. That's awesome. Now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk more about the Kepasa Fest, because I, I know Isis and I have been to that uh, a couple of times, and we definitely enjoy that. Talk about, you know, what's, what got you to start that kind of festival and how it's grown now until uh, what it is today? Well, in 2011, we decided we wanted to create a festival. Actually, it was to, to kind of help promote the TV show, right, because we had created the show a year before. And there was nothing really uh, of what we, like what we had in mind. There wasn't anything in New Orleans that was uh, that existed at that time. So we came up with the idea of putting uh, on a festival that actually back then it, it lasted a week because every day we would do something at a different venue around the city to, to highlight Hispanic culture. So we would do like a folkloric dance one night, and then the next night we would do like a uh, a, like a literature, we'd bring in a, a writer to talk about his or her book. And then the next day it was classical music. So every day we had something going on, ending it with an outdoor festival at Lafreniere Park. At the park, we decided that we'd bring in the um, culinary element with the, with the food. So we invited some uh, people to come out and and, and sell their, their different uh, types of foods from different countries like Mexico or Honduras and, and Guatemala. And then we also would uh, bring in entertainment. Uh, first, we'd pick Latin, a local Latin artist to perform. We'd also bring in a New Orleans artist to kind of bring the two cultures together and then also an international act. And that, the first year, we didn't know what to expect, but it went, very, it went very well for us. So then the following year, we decided to do it again, and then again and again and again. So now we're at our actually, if we wouldn't have had a pandemic, this year we would be celebrating our 15th Arquinceañera, our 15th uh, festival, but actually it's the 14th because we did have to skip 2020. So throughout the years, it has grown both in uh, attendance and in vendors, because we also brought in the 
community resource aspect of it where we also have uh, different types of community organizations coming out to promote their services to the community, right? So we have lots of uh, clinics that come out, nonprofits to help, uh, you know, people understand and realize that their services are here and that they can um, use them. And uh, it really helps because a lot of Latinos don't have the ability to, you know, transportation, for example. But this has become kind of a one-stop shop where they're all having fun, but at the same time being educated about what's out there for them. So our first festival, I can say maybe, maybe we had 800 people come out. And this past festival, which just happened in 2023, we estimate that we probably had about 16,000 people come out throughout the weekend because now it's a two-day outdoor festival only, Saturday and Sunday, with a kickoff that we do a week before, which this past year we had a great privilege of collaborating with the Jefferson Performing Arts Center in, in, in Metairie, and that's where we did our kickoff, and then the following weekend we did the outdoor festival. So it has grown tremendously, and we're very grateful to the city of uh, well, to uh, of, well, the parish Jefferson Parish for taking us in and helping us grow, and also all our sponsors that have been with us and our vendors. And I want to say that maybe our first festival we had maybe um, ten vendors, and this past year we had over a hundred vendors come out and not only sell their products, but you know their arts and crafts. But again, there are a lot of businesses, for, uh, insurance companies, attorneys. And then we also had the nonprofit um, aspect of it with community resources. And then the food booths, which now we have over 20 food booths from all different Latin American countries selling their delicious food, which I say is probably what everybody comes out and enjoys the most, besides the music, too. I, I just can't say. I mean, everything comes together and, and just works for us, and we're very grateful for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love music and I, I love Latin music. I may not understand a lot of it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not as fluent as I'd like to be, but I love the music. But I think I love food a lot more. And I'll tell you what, you know, that's one of the <laughs> things I looked forward to when I went uh, all the different booths and all the different foods from different countries to get to taste the yeah. Uh, the authentic uh, food from different countries. And um, that's one thing I noticed right away, that the number of food vendors that was uh, a lot there. And, you know, you, I just couldn't taste everything, even though I wanted to. There were just so many. But the, what I did get, I, it was great. I, I, I applaud you for that because the music and the food and the people there were just enjoying themselves from what we saw. When the weather's good, everybody's there, and it's, it's a great yeah. And it's a family, uh, it's a it's a family affair. It's uh, geared towards children. It's geared towards you know the parents to, to to the older adults. You know, so it's a family affair. Everybody comes out. It's a safe area. People love the park. And also, I'm very happy that it takes place in Jefferson Parish simply because Jefferson Parish, out of our 64 parishes here in Louisiana, it's the one with the most Hispanic population, right? And it's continuing to grow. So uh, it's just, you know, an, an opportunity for us to also educate those that may not be Hispanic about our culture and our traditions and, uh, you know, and what it is that we do to celebrate who we are. It's the essence of who we are without, you know, we don't want to lose that because we don't want the younger generations to forget about our, our beautiful 
culture. And it does, you know, and I know uh, a lot of people ask me, well, you were born here in New Orleans, here in the United States, and I appreciate that, and I love it, and I'm, like I said, I'm a NOLA girl, 100%. But then I can't forget where, where I come from. You know, I can't uh, forget this language. I can't forget the, the values and, and, and the traditions. They're beautiful, and I appreciate, you know, my parents for uh, teaching me those and, and allowing me to express myself that way. But then also now I've assimilated, you know, to, to New Orleans culture. So I'm out there, you know, celebrating Mardi Gras, eating the king cakes, my favorite po' boy. I can tell you all of that. And, again, I, I, can't, I can't just do one. I'm both. I'm bicultural. Absolutely. And that, that's that's good. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is okay. One of the things I love about um, when I'm around the events like uh, the um, the festival or what we'll talk about in a little bit of the Mardi Gras Manbo is the pride mm-hmm. that everyone has in their own country. And so one of the things yeah. I enjoy is when, you know, somebody announcing, they always ask, you know, who's here from Guatemala? Who's here from Honduras? And everybody yells mm-hmm. for their country and you can hear the pride in everyone's voice, but you never hear anybody saying boo or, or no, you know, everybody's always proud of where they're from and everybody gets along because it's one big community. Correct. And we respect everybody, you know, everybody else's traditions because although we all speak Spanish, we all speak it differently, you know, depending on what country you're from, we may have a different accent, but we're speaking the same language. And then we also have different ways for saying things. So, uh, you know, one word in one country may may mean one thing, and it may be something totally different in another country. And we kind of all get to understand that, and, and we know it. And then also, we all eat differently. We have different dishes that, you know, that we uh, prepare in different ways. So although, you know, in Cuba, you may eat black beans one way, in Guatemala, you eat them in a different way, they're still black beans. You know, but it's there, you know, in Latin America, like Central America, you eat a lot of like tortillas, but you don't eat tortillas in Cuba. Right. You know, Cuba, Cubans eat yuca, which is, a, you know, derived from the potato family. So although we all speak Spanish and a lot of people kind of like tend to put us all in one, you know, big old group, we're, we're very different. And, and but we all respect each other, you know. And, and it's correct what you say. We all when people call out the different countries, everybody's very excited about it and and clap and, you know, and yell and, and just, you know, support their countries. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you want to keep track of when this festival is coming up, go ahead and uh, check them out online, kepasa.tv, and keep up with the information, especially when this festival comes uh, closer later this year in um, the September mm-hmm. timeframe, October, September. Uh, you can find out about this festival and go and enjoy the food and music and see what the Latin community is about and how they celebrate their their culture. And, and you can enjoy it, too. It's a lot of fun for the non-Latin uh, people. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a fun festival. Festival, I'll tell you that. So um, let's switch gears a little bit, talk about the event okay. you just had, the Mardi Gras Mambo. Let's talk <laughs> more about that and how that got started and what you do with that. Okay, so we also collaborate. Kepasa collaborates with Cervantes Foundation. Cervantes Foundation is a nonprofit that celebrates and promotes the Latino cultures here in Louisiana. That's who we collaborate with at festival time with Kepasa Fest, and you can get more information, like you said, that we actually have a website for the festival, so people can check it out at kepasafest.org, and our dates for that 
are October 5th and 6th. We already have the date selected for this year. So you can get more information about that. And, and again, thanks to Cervantes Foundation for collaborating with us on that end. But then the Mardi Gras Mambo. So uh, Hispanic Player Productions, which is the production company that created Debasa, we decided in 2014 that we wanted to do an event to celebrate carnival time here in New Orleans, but with a twist. The twist is that we bring in our different uh, traditions of carnivals around Latin America, and we blend them with New Orleans carnival. So when you come out to the Mardi Gras Mambo, we not only celebrate New Orleans carnival, we also usually choose the country, you know, and bring in their traditions, whether it's uh, Cuba, Honduras, Guatemala, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and we highlight them too, and we blend them all together in a big old party, and we also pick a king and queen. We decided to do that to highlight two personalities in the community that are doing extra, extraordinary work, not only with the non-Spanish-speaking community, but also the Latin community. And we decided that one year the, the king would be Latino and the queen would be non-Latina, and then the next year we'd flip it. So throughout the years we have chosen a royal couple uh, to represent the Mardi Gras Mambo and have a huge party celebrating them for all their merits, right? And then also the carnivals. And we just celebrated our 2024 Mardi Gras Mambo this past weekend. And our, and it was the first year after COVID that you know we brought it back because our last one was in 2020. And I'm speaking to our 2020 <laughs> uh, Mardi Gras Mambo King. It was Carl Arredondo and his real-life queen, Isis Casanova. So they were the, our royal couple, and they're the longest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones that held the title the longest because, again, we couldn't bring it back until now uh, because of COVID. So this year, our king uh, is Ricardo Mesa, and our queen is Rachel Taber. And both these people are very um, hardworking people, not only in the, like I, I, like I mentioned, in the non-Spanish speaking uh, world, but also in the Latino community. They do a lot of work uh, helping people um, navigate the system, uh, especially the newcomers. So we're very grateful for that. We had a, uh, Mother Nature was working against us, but uh, <laughs> in, the end, in the end, we won out because it was a beautiful celebration. We had so much fun. And this year we highlighted, uh, we also brought in a Brazilian uh, performance group uh, Tamajuntos to perform and we had uh, a Latin a local Latin uh, group uh, on stage um, we also had a DJ I mean we just had a lot of things going on and people really had a great time so that's Mardi Gras Mambo that's what the uh, the objective of Mardi Gras Mambo is and we really really are excited that we were able to bring it back and it's a wonderful night. Uh, uh, if you're listening and this is something that you think you might want to attend to next year, mm -hmm. I mean, you can find information also on online and tickets are are very affordable and you can find them just for the uh, cocktail party or the cocktail party and the dance. Um, it's a great event. And, you know, the music was great. The people were having a good time. And yes, Mother Nature was this most recent uh, February Saturday where the flooding rains happened all across the area. But People got out there and, and enjoyed the festivities. They did. They did. And we want to thank everyone for that. And we also created the event because there were uh, people were wanting to be part of an organization, Mardi Gras organization, but maybe couldn't afford it. 
or didn't know how to get into it. And so that's why that was the other reason why we created a big party, a big celebration to allow people uh, an affordable option to, to be, you know, so they could attend and still have fun and enjoy Carnival. Absolutely. Now, talk quickly about the um, your Tuesday nights. So that's something that happens more often than the uh, festival, yes. the Mardi Gras Mambo. Talk more about that because that's that's a lot of fun on Tuesdays. Yes. So uh, everyone knows the iconic rock and roll. So seven years ago, we, we just felt something was missing in the city with um, the salsa community. There's a, lo- there's a large salsa com- dance community in New Orleans. They didn't have a place to go to and dance because their place in Metairie um, was sold. So we went and spoke to John Blanchard at Rock and Bowl and asked him if he had a if he liked the idea, and he did, and he said, well, give us a night. And he said, well, my Tuesday night seems to be open. Would you want to try that? So we did. And it's been going on for seven years, except, of course, during COVID. But we were able to come back um, pretty quickly um, to Rock and Bowl on Tuesday nights. And so every Tuesday at Rock and Bowl is Latin night. It starts at 7 p.m., usually with a class. Right now we, we are not holding uh, dance classes, but um, – but usually there is an hour from seven to eight of a free dance class, whether it's salsa, bachata, merengue. And then we have a DJ playing from eight o'clock till about 11, 11.30, depending on the season. During the summer, he usually stays a little longer because people stay out a little longer. But then, um, and there's, it's only a $5 cover charge. And that's, of course, to help um, cover expenses, cover, you know, to pay the DJ and all that. But it's a very fun uh, evening. People come out and it's social dance. And we have a very diverse group that comes out. We have people that are just learning how to dance to very sophisticated dancers and then of all ages and different groups. I mean, we have people that are um, just, you know, like coming from college and they want to go and try something. And then we have older people that just miss that um, kind of like ballroom dance scene, but come out and and enjoy it. Because we all know that Rock and Bowl has a beautiful dance floor too, and that's what they really enjoy dancing on a good on a good floor so we want everyone to come out and enjoy at least once uh once a month we do have a live band and when we do have a live band a latin band performing it's ten dollars um cover charge but uh it's it's a lot of fun and we recommend you come out and try it at least once brenda can can those classes help someone with no rhythm like me i mean i i've got zero It's terrible. Um, <laughs> what other? Do you have any other events coming up anytime that you want to you know, talk about real quick? Yes, yes, we do. We have an event coming up uh, in March, March 5th through 8th. We will be celebrating the New Orleans International Guitar Festival. We, this is another festival that we have uh, created. It's been going on for about seven years now. And we bring in uh, guitarists from different parts of the world to come and perform during those three, four days. Um, we work closely with Tulane University on this and other venues. Uh, but, yes, we, it, this is a wonderful event. It's geared towards the person that really enjoys the, the guitar and, 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 different, and it's different families because, you know, we know we have banjo, we have the tres, we have the electric guitar, we have the acoustic guitar. And so it's for that uh, person that really wants to learn all about guitar and um, and and the other parts too, like the storytelling. We have a lot of people that compose their music on guitar, so we have um, a panel on that. And you can get more information on that at the same website, getbasa.tv. Just look for the New Orleans International Guitar Festival tab, and it will tell you more about it. 
But um, but this year we, we have different performers from Morocco. We have performers from Cuba. We have performers from Ecuador. We have performers from um, Romania. So it's Mexico. We have a quartet coming in from Mexico. And it's different genres, too, of music. So it's something that you might think you would like. And a lot of our performances are free um, to the public. So go um, go look at that, and I think you'll really, really enjoy that. It's the 2024 New Orleans International Guitar Festival. Great. Um, in the uh, two minutes we have left, Brenda, go ahead and give mm-hmm. out all your contact information for the TV magazine festivals. Uh, go ahead and give that out one more time for the listeners to uh, jot down or get somebody to write it down for them. Okay, sure. So obviously our website is gebasa.tv. If you are interested in anything uh, and just have questions and maybe want to talk to someone, you can call me. My number is 504-615-9070, and I'll be glad to answer your questions. You can also text me if that's easier for you. And then you can pick up our, our magazine at any of the libraries, especially in Jefferson Parish. You do a really good job about um, you know, with having them there, so you can pick one up. Or you can go and find it digitally uh, at our website. We have all the issues we've published since 2017. So you can go and look at the different issues and the different covers, uh, different stories that we have highlighted throughout the years. And then with the festival, with Quetasa Fest, you can go to quetasafest.org to get more information. Again, this year, uh, the festival will take place October 5th and 6th at Lafreniere Park. And then you can also find more information about the Latin Nights at the website. Remember, those are Tuesday nights starting at 7 p.m. at Rock and Bowl. It's a $5 cover charge. Once a month, we have a live band. And when we do have a band, it's $10 cover charge. But if you just want to learn how to dance or just enjoy the music or watch people dance, because I love to watch the couples dance, uh, it, you can just come out and hang out with us and, and just have a good time. It's very safe. Um, so, you know, we invite you to any of our, any of, of our events. And we'll be glad just to, you know, to spend some time with you and and get to know you and make you part of our community, too. All right. Awesome. So, Brenda, from the ex-king and the ex-queen, we want to thank you for all you do in the community, for the Latin community, and and to help to spread the culture and the uh, information about different uh, cultures in our community in New Orleans. So we want to thank you very much for all that. Well, thank you, Carl. And you and ISIS will always be royalty. You're already (laughs) part of our family. You're the 2020 uh, royal couple. And we, you know, you're, you're, you'll be with us next year too, you know, because that's what I love about it too. Our former Queens and Kings always come back to support the new uh, royal couple. So again, thank you so much, Carl, for everything you continue to do in our community, because nothing has stopped you. And that's something very admirable about you and I enjoy your friendship and I thank God that you and Isis are are together and um, you're going to just keep going. I know that. Well, thank you, Brenda. And thank you for doing this for today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and thank you to your lovely audience. Thank you. You've been listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This has been the Public Affairs Show. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.